0: This is Terry Nikas from Scar of the Sun, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire.
1: Hello there again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, this time here along with frontman Terry Nikas, quite the honor man. Uh, Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, this is an exciting week here for you and the rest of the guys over at Scar of the Sun with the release of your third studio album, Inertia. Drops May 14th on Napalm Records. And first things first, Terry, I want to, you know, congratulate you guys on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, especially with those singles. I am the Circle and the title track, Inertia. Shout out to your other fellow Greek artists, Sakis from Rotting Christ and Seth from Septic Flesh, obviously, who have also praised your work. So much to discover about this unique release. But I know this is done with all my all my artists I've had on here. Um, before we get to all that, I'm going to ask you a very important question. How's life in Greece, my man? Uh, are you safe? Are you well? I know it's an important thing to ask considering what's been happening in the last year. How are you?
0: Well, we are all safe. Uh, I mean, at least me and my family. Um, I was lucky enough to have my both my parents vaccinated quite early in the process because, uh, good. you know, my, my parents are old and my main concern was about them, you know, because it hits them harder than... us. Uh, Other than that, uh, during this month, um, the vaccination process uh, got speed up and it will be like that also in the next month. And uh, we'll get vaccinated and hopefully, you know, um, we'll be safe and uh, there will be light at the end of this tunnel. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, we're just trying to stay safe and be careful as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I'm actually in that same boat. My parents both got vaccinated. I I can... I think I'm going to get my vaccination today. I'm not even kidding. It's either today, right. or, tom- today or tomorrow. I have to get back to uh, the appointment schedule. But anyway, um, I'm glad that you're doing well. You know, uh, life as of late, obviously, many of us have also been away from the stage a lot, you know, fancy musicians alike. And I know we talked about it before the interview started, what venues in Dallas were standing and what went down. And now that things kind of seem to have a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, Terry, how have you been? you know, keeping up your vocals these days, you know, is that, has that affected your musicianship? Is anything changed for you in this last year routine wise lately, if at all?
0: First of all, um, as a singer, I keep on doing vocal lessons, you know, so once a week uh, I have, you know, my routine with my teacher and trying to uh, keep up, you know, to a certain uh, level. But on the other hand, uh, to be honest with you, you, if you are not in action, you can never be, you know, on a on a proper level. But there's not much we can do anyway. I'm trying to sing in the car at the studio, you know, <laughs> whenever I have the yeah. the opportunity. But uh, yeah, other than that, there's not much you can do in order to keep, uh, you know, in shape because uh, you know, uh, singing is like sports basically. Um, well, we're thinking to start doing. Uh, some rehearsals so that will help as well
1: you know yeah speaking of rehearsals that what's that's kind of been the norm like before the pandemic started and when you do a show that's like a rehearsal obviously right but yeah but you've been at this you know uh, I'm uh with Scar of the Sun you guys did form technically around 2004 but you've been at this for longer than that so I wanted to ask you know how was the touring life and the live music experience For you personally, Terry, because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career. You know, you've toured with Dark Tranquility and and Insomnium, both bands we've actually had on here on Interview Under Fire, as well as your Greek friends over there at the Mighty Rotting Christ. And now we've all been kind of just forced to take an unexpected step back. And has this time lately, has it made you develop a growing appreciation of that touring life? Because, you know, we can talk about food and culture and and fans all we want. You know, what was your biggest personal takeaway from that?
0: first of all i have to tell you that uh, the the whole band scar of the sun uh, we are we really love to tour uh, it's not you know that uh, uh, we just like it now because of uh, the pandemic situation and because we didn't tour for almost 2 years now it's every time we uh, we know that there's the option to get back on tour and we start uh, organizing stuff you know uh, we are all so excited and what we say between each other right now is how pity that is you know that we're releasing this album and we are not able to to tour um obviously the appreciation now became bigger because as you said you know you can you should never take things for granted and uh, and 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 it's not just touring; basically, it's everything. You know, the you, the whole pandemic thing made us appreciate many, many things. You know, for example, I didn't I didn't see my parents for almost eight, nine months. You know, I will see them next week for the first time. You know, oh, wow. So yeah, because uh, they they live in a different city, about four hundred kilometers from here, which is approximately three hundred miles, I would say, um, for you. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we, we we were not allowed to travel from one area to, to the other. Plus, I wanted, you know, not to get in touch with them because I, I I was trying to, you know, to, to have them safe as well. So it's something very basic, but you appreciate that as well. So touring obviously was, you know, another thing. And uh, in our discussions, we we say all the time how much we miss touring and how much we want to get back there, you know, out there and and start touring again. But, you know, the problem is that whenever this will start again, everybody will be in the same condition and th- there will be so much touring. I don't know, you know, about people, you know, what tour they will go first. You know, there will be so many options, I think.
1: There's also another thing to think about, you know, when bands, uh, you know, when all this is over is that I feel like and I've had so many talented people like yourself on the show and they, and they actually express their opinions on, some bands will make it out of here and some bands won't you know like because uh during this time away it's like some bands only make money off of touring and now with with all that on hold like what's going to happen in the future and you've seen this for the last year terry live streaming a lot of the bands what they're doing on stage they're taking it on the screen like we're doing right now obviously yeah uh, these interviews would be in person uh we've actually had uh nilo from insomnium he talked about uh his experience last year when they sold the virtual tickets To the fans and they uh uh, streamed a show uh they pre-recorded a show and they streamed it for the fans but we've had other bands on here like August Burns Red and and Lamb of God like they talked about their experience of doing it as well and I mean it's been the norm now you know I remember uh Corn did one a couple weeks ago but the point I'm trying to get here the question is you know with the amount of experience you've taken in with touring and the venues you played at the people you met you know the the Mm -hmm. fans you've encountered do you think that do you believe from your experience that the rise of the quarantined induced live streaming we're seeing right now from all these bands, and it's going to be going on for at least a while, I think, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Like, has it already been affected? Do you still see bands doing something like live streaming kind of being the norm after all this is over?
0: I hope it won't because, you know, live streaming, it will never replace the actual shows, man.
1: Oh, I understand.
0: <laughs> I understand that it's very comfortable to sit on your your big chair, you know, the big couch, and watching your favorite band playing live. And but you know, the tension that you get through a through a show, it's never gonna be like the same. You know, it, even if you get your five best friends, you know that they are all, all metalheads. It's never gonna be the same. So. I might sound a bit traditional here, but I really hope that uh, this is not what's going to happen,. And, I, and to be honest with you, until you know for, for the next years, I don't think it's going to be happening. Now, you know, maybe after 10, 20 years with holograms and stuff like that, I don't know you know where the technology will take us. But for now, I don't think that the actual uh, pandemic uh, will bring us yet to this stage
1: let's make sure to touch base in 10 years and we'll talk about that yeah, time when, sure. we had, when we had that conversation during the pandemic
0: but there's sure, no but sure. there's
1: no wrong answer to what you just said because there's so many artists that come up come on here and, and say something like hey i would love to do live streaming it still gives me a chance to engage with my fans and some artists would say oh i'm not doing anything until all this is over it's the it's either one of those two answers that's been the most commonality and uh yeah there's that freedom to mosh in my own room right there's it's always yeah. fun to do that but once you do the live streaming, you kind of hit that. I I I would think you kind of hit that hit that creative barrier. Like, how much more creative can we get? Okay, we did the live streaming. Now what? You know, it's like yeah, yeah exactly. Here's the thing: we both of us are in this business as far as the music is concerned for the live experience. You know, that's what heavy metal is. It's it's well, what sure. makes us stand out. Uh, hopefully, I speak for everyone out there. But you know, there's always that uncertainty going forward. Making the best of the situation is what we got to do. But I I love your answer. You put it perfectly. And I know we talked about everything from head to toe so far. Let's let's talk about that third album, Inertia, comes out in a couple of days here on Napalm Records. Now, uh, for people who don't know, this is quite the follow-up to 2016's In Flood. Uh, it's like evenly slotted. Like every five years, you have a new album. Like, I don't know if that was intended or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying? Like every five years, you guys have like a new album because 2011, then 2016, yeah. now 2021. It, does it feel yeah. like everything kind of just went by in a blink in the last 10 years all of a sudden?
0: Well, first of all, I have to tell you that uh, we we didn't plan to do it like that. Yeah. You know? um, uh, in, in all cases, what was happening was uh, that, um, but basically with a previous label we had, we never had a budget. So first of all, we had to gather the money for the recordings, for the mixing, for the videos, for the tours, for the photo shoots, everything. So if you put that in a situation, in a, in, a, in a financial crisis situation that Greece was under, you can understand why it was taking a few years. Hmm. Then, um, you know, you can release an album and nothing happened. You know, like you you got no press, you you're doing no tours, and then the album goes unnoticed. Uh, we decided to delay the releases of the of, of the albums and invest on tours, so uh, people will get to know us and uh, will start to. Uh, to show to the to the industry that we are serious about it you know because if you want to have a chance with a bigger label they need to see that you are dedicated and you you are doing everything in order to uh t- to promote your band and get out there and get people to know you so um we decided to release albums in a in a slower pace uh, even though they were ready a few years before the the actual release um and uh, do the things the way they should have been, you know, tours and videos of high quality. I can assure you that this is not gonna be happening anymore because now we have Napalm Records next to us and uh, if we release the new album in five years from now, uh, probably it would be best to disband, to be <laughs> honest with you. I don't, I don't, you know, it's not gonna happen again for sure, you know, uh, and that's, uh, you can take that as a final answer. <laughs>
1: i'll tell you this you're in good hands with napalm records because we've had the privilege to interview so many napalms artists on here like ginger and wolf heart and unleash the archers and and when i like i said uh, about inertia when i was listening to this album if i may terry top to bottom it was a perfect blend of the melodic death metal groove metal and even gothic elements of sounds it was atmospheric and it had those progressive musicianship ingredient in there which that made for the pacing of this album it would made made it for such a flawless execution from the title track to, you know, the Quantum Leap Zero trilogy to Oxygen, which is my personal favorite, even though it's like a two-minute track, uh, to Anastasis. It, there are also catchy segments I got throughout this experience, reminding me of bands like Paradise Lost and even Insomniac, like we mentioned before. Uh, you know, walk me through this, Terry. When did the writing for Inertia begin for you guys?
0: um the writing started when uh we actually uh released the uh, previous album in flood um okay now, so right um, so the, so
1: it's been that far back i see
0: yes yes the, this album was ready uh by 2019 to be right right it. uh um but again we delayed for the reasons i told you before uh now um if you ask me, I don't see any gothic metal elements into this album. Really,
1: uh, I saw yeah. that actually. It's just so odd,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I can tell you that the main influences for the album was Swedish death metal, metalcore, and uh, gent. Like all the atmospheric elements you listen, they are coming from gent, like bands like Tesseract, for example, and not from the you know uh, gothic atmospheric metal uh, that you know especially in europe uh, used to be quite big mm-hmm. um also the clean vocals come i would say main, mainly for from metalcore and bands like um killswitch engage um this is my main influence for the for the clean metal vocals or so bands like architects and uh, uh who else uh, while she sleeps i don't know if you know this band yeah yeah England.
1: definitely yeah
0: you know these kinds of bands are the ones that uh, affected us uh, overall, Um and uh, also obviously you know the title track is more of a Swedish death metal song. Um, You know, part has lost. I, I they used to be one of my favorite bands for sure, but uh, you know they don't have this riffing. It's not too much guitar oriented, and then the vocal structure is really different. But you know it's fine. You know, I don't mind people having their own opinion. That's it, it probably because this. I
1: was listening to Paradise Lost right before I was listening to Inertia. So that's probably it.
0: <laughs> Could be. Or also, I don't know if you listened to our previous album. The first album had a lot to do with uh, the whole atmospheric metal. Uh, yeah, you know, a series drama. of
1: unfortunate, unfortunate concurrences. concurrences. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But this one is uh, more metalcore death metal, uh, Swedish death metal, I would say, for sure, you know. As, for example, I Am The Circle to me is a metalcore song, you know, it's uh, well, the breakdown at the end, etc. You know, Pardas Lost never had a breakdown on their songs, you know, whatever. No, you. that's
1: true. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I wonder yeah. if how much did things change from when you first started composing on Inertia to where you ended up finishing it? Was there already a specific sound you knew you had in mind with this album, considering... You know, how different of a taste that I took in as opposed to what you were intending for. That's always an interesting aspect to take in.
0: Yeah. Um, the the whole procedure of composing happened very fast, I would have to say. It, it took almost a year or, or less than a year, actually, like six, seven months, if I remember well. Um, but, um, you know, the first song that we had was uh, the title track, Inertia, which was... Uh, You know, to me, it's like a Night Rage, Dark Tranquility in flames uh, with a metalcore chorus, you know. Um, So we immediately saw that this album is going heavier than our albums before. It's not that we decided that we will have this kind of sound. It's just that it came naturally after two albums that the the progressive elements uh, were uh, more uh, present, I would say. Uh, we felt the need to do something more direct, uh, so I think on this album the songs are more simple. You know, the structure is more simple. Um, and uh, since we composed all the songs very fast, uh, we just started rehearsing, and then we entered the studio in 2017. You know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it wasn't a long period, and we never, we didn't have really, you know, changed stuff uh, during the procedure. Yeah, uh, it's just that we, we were planning for a few songs to be a bit different. For example, Anastasis, uh, the, the verses of Anastasis uh, initially would have been slightly different on vocals. But eventually I decided to go for death metal vocals throughout the song. You know, uh, yeah. Minor things like that, not not serious things.
1: And you're talking about the sound. You touch on that just, uh, just a little briefly here. As far as the production, uh, I'm kind of an audiophile these days and I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound. This sounded very sharp and very fluid, and this was recorded and mixed by you at the Zero Gravity Studios in Athens. And uh, something else I want to add, it was mastered by the revered Jens Bogren, and he's known for his work with Opeth and Catatonia, Dima Borgir at the Fascination Street Studios. Talk about that experience and talk talk about Jens. I'm sure there was a sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Terry, knowing that you have someone like him working on Inertia with you. Is that correct?
0: Yes, first of all, I had the... um... The honor to work with Jens before on uh, Septic Flesh albums and um, I was actually at his studio for the mixing of the previous Septic Flesh album, Codex Omega, so I got to meet him personally. Um, That's a great record. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, And... um, you know, we worked during that production, and we are even working now for the new Septic Flesh album. And then I worked for uh, for an, a band called Suicidal Angels. That they sent him the album to mix it. So, you know, I, I was already in touch with Jens, and I knew him personally. So, um, uh, the whole procedure was even easy with with him as well because um, I know exactly what uh, his sound is, and that was what element i wanted to bring in the the album because i am more a fan of a modern production and he's more of this organic modern vintage sound if i can you know say yeah correctly. kind I mean,
1: of bringing that old school production into the whole mix I suppose. yeah
0: yeah so i wanted to have a certain balance there you know not a, a completely modern uh, and, and lifeless sound but you know also elements of the, the organic uh, 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 sound that uh, Jens has and I'm 100% satisfied with his work obviously you know he sent us the mustard versions and I didn't change a thing you know
1: yeah and uh, having someone like him I definitely heard that on this record now you know between writing and structuring the songs and a production process like we just talked about uh, something that I I really wanted to get into which uh, I'm a movie buff so when it came to something like this I got really excited the album art um i want to talk about this because i saw dominant colors of like aqua and copper in there it was a vivid illustrations of uh of future technologies and machinery with uh correct me if I'm, wrong, I'm wrong with a body in the middle of that architecture also it was like a map almost who did you go to for the album art as far as that is concerned
0: first of all i have to to, to tell you that all the scar of the sun um Uh, artworks are uh, done by this guy called Agileas Gatsopoulos which uh, is doing all the visuals of the band, he does the videos, he does the photo shoots, everything, Agileas was the original drummer of the band Uh, he's the brother of our bassist and he's my best friend also Um, he's a professional graphic designer and film director, he lives in Berlin and he he worked even on Hollywood movies, you know, so he knows well, (laughs) yeah, yeah um, so, um, every time we finish the, uh, ev- the album, uh, every album, we have a chat with Ahileas and he, about the lyrics and he takes notes about things that, uh, you know, stick to his mind and create strong images in his mind. Because, you know, as a visual artist, this is what is happening to him. Um, since the beginning, we, we found out that we have a common love for painters like Gustav Klimt. So we decided to go for this kind you know the art deco art nouveau style uh, and we also wanted to create an identity so every time you see a scar of the sun cover even if you don't see the the logo of the band you immediately know that this is scar of the sun you know mm-hmm. um so now going to this um cover uh, you, you have this woman that is tied up to a medical lab uh, Table uh, and uh, she's restricted by all these ropes and whatever, and she's connected to, as you correctly said, machines and stuff like that. That woman represents Greece, basically, and uh, the fact that uh, we were a financial experiment for the last 10 years, you know, and, you know, that woman represents Greece that was on a medical table and, you know, all these. Um, Politicians performing the experiments onto her body, and that's why she's connected to these machines, you know, that and the screens, etc. Yeah. You know,
1: um, okay, so you just opened up a whole new dimension for me there. First of all, I went to film school yeah. for three years. The fact that uh, you have you have uh, um, colleagues who worked on like Hollywood films and stuff like that that kind of just resonates with everything that I've experienced. Now, think about this because I want to transition into this topic here because the lyricism throughout mm-hmm. inertia. Uh, surrounds you know social injustice merged with like scientific expressions it, and to be more specific financial gain has flourished at the expense of humanity and the likely and the livelihoods of everyday people you know you have a song like I'm the circle which is a, about it reflects on the toughest aspects of being a musician and then you have the quantum leap zero trilogy those uh, three songs it, it's about the intense and dramatic events that occurred in Greece in 2015, you know, to be more yeah. specific for the, for the people who are listening is about suppression and the rise and revolution and like a huge defeat in the end is you're kind of telling a story and all that. So I kind of yeah. want to round it out to this question here, Terry, to what level do you like to have a theme for your music and how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound? Or is that more for the audience? Cause a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's yeah. it. But I felt like with scar of the sun with inertia, with your compositions and within the album art and everything you've written about with this record, you really went above and beyond as far as getting your point across. So I wanted to ask about the themes. Like, how important is that to you?
0: First of all, um, as you well noticed, Scar of the Sun is not a band that just uh, throws a few lyrics into songs because we have to, you know? Yeah. Uh, since the beginning, the lyrics that I was writing were, you know, showing and talking about things that... Uh, affect me and affect the whole life around me. You know, So um, this way, obviously, uh, I feel more emotional when I sing about them because it's not just, you know, random lyrics about monsters and I don't know, blood. And uh, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You can like cannibal uh, corpse, take care of that part. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I have nothing against that, but uh, I always felt like um, I have to to express my feelings through the songs. Also, because Scar of the Sun from the beginning was a band that was created in order to help me maintain a calmness and a balance, because otherwise, I don't know, you know, probably uh, I would have just gone out there and probably do something crazy that I would regret afterwards. You know what I mean? (laughs) I am a very sensitive person and uh, I care a lot about things that are happening, not only in Greece, but all over the world, you know. Uh, for example, I, I find it completely stupid that uh, the factories insist on not paying money to filter out the, the, the fumes that are coming out of their factories uh, because they just want to increase the profit. You know, to me, this is absolutely stupid because these people have kids and they have grandsons and they just don't care. You know what I mean? And yeah it's like... I'm shooting myself into my my foot, you know what I mean? Um, But other than that, obviously, I was affected way too much from what happened in Greece during the last 10 years, and everyone in Greece was really affected. So it's not really that I wanted to get out there and try to pass a message to people. It happened, but it wasn't my intention. The first intention was that I wanted to take out of my chest because I was very angry, you know? Uh, I know very well that uh, even if all the heavy metal singers or even the whole music industry starts to talk about uh, these issues, nothing's going to change because this is the nature of uh, human beings. We are all greedy and we are the actual virus. We're destroying ourselves. We're destroying Earth. And, uh, um, you know, money have no uh, country of origin, uh, knows no religion, knows no... Uh, Family, nothing, you know, you see people killing each other for no reason or for a few dollars, for a few euros, whatever, you know, Um, which to me, it's absolutely pathetic and tragic, if you want, you know, and it makes me really uh, mad when I see several things like that happening around the world, but also in Greece. And that's why I decided to write about these things, just to take it out of my chest and, you know, keep a certain balance into myself, because otherwise... I must tell you, I get very angry
1: with all that stuff no I, I, I understand uh, i mean if if I were to share that experience i'm I'm from Bangladesh and we're dealing with our own crisis back there for sure. you know and and I can't even begin to tell you i, I, Yo, I for mean, sure yeah. if we, if we were to talk about that specific topic, that's a whole different episode. we'll save that for a different yeah, time yeah, yeah. but but I understand yeah. what you're talking about you you it you have to have that mental capacity to actually take in what's being delivered to you and able to channel it to a more productive outlet. And you've done that with inertia. I mean, everything yeah. that you said. Do you see inertia as like a, a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life, looking back?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially during that time of the year, you know, yeah. like of the years, like two, three years ago, or quantum blip zero. It's about 2015, as you well said. So yeah, I mean. Uh, both our our last two albums, In Flood and Inertia, they're more or less around, uh, going around these topics, you know, and uh, uh, In Flood was more melancholic because it was the first years, it was the the whole depression that was coming out of the situation we lived. But eventually when you get too much of the depression, you get angry, you know, and you you want to return the punches, you know, to them. Mm -hmm. So that's what Inertia is to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I want to say that you're in good hands with with this album, with Napalm. I mean, as far as the future is concerned, I mean, here's to hoping for a better future. I mean, there's always there's always that, you know, I I don't want to sound like too much of an optimist. I'm a realist at the same time. But uh, something I want to talk about, you know, I I, I know we talked about, you know, kind of like. A different side so far about like as far as like uh getting the the topics and the lyricism on what's been going, going on in greece something else that's been going on in greece is the you know your local music or metal scene out there i wanted to ask about that because we all know about septic flesh obviously you know rotting christ firewinds suicidal angels like you talked about how has that scene, you know the music scene how's that changed through your experience terry
0: you mean how it's changed during the last years or overall yeah. how it is
1: uh, what, what have you seen? You know what stands out the most yeah. to you as far as the music scene? Because you know we we all we all know about the different metal scenes in like the U.S. And the yeah. U.K., Australia even. Like I want to know about Greece. Like because like I said, we've had Gus from Firewind on this show. Great guy. You know as far as like the culture is there.
0: Um, Greece is a country that um, has so many heavy metal bands uh, and and heavy metal fans as well. But uh, in relation to the population that we have, the the rate of heavy metal bands is really, really big in a worldwide level. The problem with Greek bands, though, is that it's very hard to get a proper record deal. Mm. Um, It took us so many years, about 12 years to to get, you know, a contract from Napalm. And I can assure you that the 99 or even more than 99% of the Greek bands, they can never actually Find a record deal like that, not because they're not good enough, but because the record labels that, uh, you know, they are based mainly in Central Europe and the States. They find it hard to sign bands that they're not mainly from Central and Northern Europe or the States. Um, they have the reasons. That's fine. We just don't complain. and We keep on working and hope that, you know, something good will happen in our case it happened. But uh, I know, and I can tell you many bands that they're really good, and they, they could. I can assure you that they could have a proper career out there, and they never get the chance to be supported by by such a label. So what they do is that they, they release albums every five years, maybe. They never they never tour because it's too expensive, and uh, you know they eventually they abandon the dream of uh, of doing something bigger than mm. this because it requires I can tell you many many sacrifices and a lot of money to invest in order to be able to go to a higher level and not money in order like for touring for example you know yeah. if you don't tour it's very very hard to get noticed these days and uh, if you need uh, twelve thousand euros for a tour I can tell you that most of the bands They cannot really
1: do that, you know. Yeah, I mean, what I what did I say earlier? Some a lot of these bands in the last year, you know, they kind of had to stop what they're doing because they solely make their money off of touring. And nailed it perfectly right there, you know. From uh, Terry, you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about so far, and playing for as long as you have, you know, uh, including the touring cycles and the people you have met and worked with during these three amazing records. uh, It sounds like you still have much left to put out there with. Scar of the Sun's artistic vision and yours. You know, this is definitely something you have a passion for. And I feel like you've experienced plenty already in your career. And then some, Terry. Have your aspirations as a person or even a musician, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today?
0: Uh, The whole thing that I lived throughout the the last 12 years, especially, because before that, the, the band was more like a project, you know, Uh, everything changed man Mm -hmm. when you start you are very naive you think that you are very very good you think that you're the best probably Uh, and eventually you realize how much more you should do and how much more you should experience in order to reach a certain level and that in all aspects is not just become a better songwriter for example this is something that is obviously it's very important but on the other hand you have many, many good songwriters. The thing is that you the whole management of a band is something that it takes many years, you know, in order to actually know how to do it and function it properly, you know. So apart from the obvious fact that uh, vocally, I think that I changed a lot, um, the biggest change and the biggest evolution and the biggest... Uh, uh, how can I say the the thing that I personally invested more was the management of the band, you know, because mm-hmm. um, these days it doesn't matter if you release the best album uh, that ever was released. If you are not uh, able to to present a whole package in a in a record label, they will never notice you. So. It it was not just, you know, about being a better vocalist or a better sound engineer or a better uh, songwriter. It was everything. And when I say everything, every single detail you can imagine, you know. And maybe people think that, you know, five years, it's a big uh, gap, you know. I can assure you that we never stopped throughout these five years. We worked so hard even when people were thinking that we do nothing, you know. In every aspect, in... Mastering the things on social media, on uh, platforms like Spotify, on the whole changes, you know, that the, the industry is going through. And that's another thing you have to, uh, to in order to stay afloat, you have to follow the the, the, the the way that things are going. If you just stay in the past, you will just stay there, you know? Yeah. So, everything changed everything i have nothing to do with a person that i was 12 13 years ago in regards of the band you know
1: yeah i think it's always interesting like when you go back i think we it's it's healthy to actually go through those experiences about feeling naive it makes you appreciate you know right now appreciate this little bit more you know and um i i began to think that if you weren't a musician, Terry, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Considering that the sacrifices you've made throughout your career, um, I can't help but ask.
0: <laughs> right. That's easy, though. Uh, if I wasn't a musician and music uh, was going to be just the thing you know, that I was passing my time with, I would uh-huh. have been a basketball player because this is my other <laughs> passion, <laughs>
1: That's actually my other passion. I can't believe you said that. You're the old I've asked so many amazing artists like yourself this question. That's the first time someone said basketball player. By the way, you guys have an amazing basketball um like per, like as far as like the country. You guys have always competed for the Olympics, at least, at least from my perspective, my my knowledge, as far yeah. as the, the Greek talent at, at, out there. I mean, yeah, I'm short, but I, I was really fast in high school. They used to call me Little Nash because Steve Nash, you know, he was the he was a basketball player here in Dallas Mavericks. But anyway, but that's pretty awesome. And I always like as- asking that question. It really shows how much of, a you know, it, different things can provide a creativity into the art that you create. So, hey, are you still good? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, you know, many uh, but- people don't people, pe- know that. But uh, up until some cer- a certain age, basketball was more important for me than music. And um, mm-hmm. I used to play for national the Greek national team uh, under 18 when I was yeah, 17 yeah, years old. Yeah,
1: that's what I meant. I apologize. Yeah, the Greek national team. That's what I want yeah, to say. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, so, you know, basketball was very serious uh, f- uh, for me. And uh, up until three years ago, that I started touring heavily with, uh, especially with Septic Flesh as well, uh, I was still playing in a championship, basketball championship for, you know, older people, if you want, not. Uh, people in their 20s. So. Ah, you're
1: not old. Come on, you, you, you still got this.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, I was older than everyone else in yeah, there. Yeah,
1: so. yeah that, that's always cool. Maybe, well, hey, when you come to the States, we can do a little one-on-one right here in, here in Dallas, so we'll see. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, but uh, Terry, this has been such an honor. Let's stay in touch, obviously, after this interview. I'll help you guys. Uh, book a show here in Dallas. Looking forward to the day star of the Sun comes here. I, The conversation I'm looking forward to is... Hey, Terry, you remember that time when we had that conversation during the pandemic and now look where we are having a beer, like live shows like it's always that euphoria that you're getting that anticipation. So it's always nice to have things like that to look forward to. But um, do you have any last words, any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as Scar the Sun or Inertia before we finish things off here? Do you have have a new music video coming out soon that you can or cannot talk about?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Tomorrow. There's oh awesome video. okay
1: perfect perfect <laughs> the,
0: th- the third single of uh of inertia is coming out tomorrow um it's uh the, the the video we did for the second installment of quantum leap zero for the song transition to turbulence oh my gosh uh, uh, sorry which, i got excited I, there <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably my favorite song of, on the uh, the album you know and um, it's, um, it was filmed live uh, when w- uh, we played last year. Uh, we were the, the direct support for Rotting Christ in Athens. And actually, that was the last show we did before COVID. We, nev- we didn't know, obviously, that this will be mm-hmm, the last mm-hmm. show before COVID. We filmed it, and it's the video that is, it will come out. And you know everyone should check it out and you know, see what they think about it. Uh, other than that, I have to say that uh, it was a great pleasure talking to you. Uh, I wish everyone stay safe over there. Uh, and uh, really, really honestly, we really want to come over and tour the states. And if you see us playing there, just send me a message, and uh, you know, we'll get you to the show, and we'll have beers, and you know, have a great time. Uh,
1: definitely, Terry. Uh, do me a favor, stick around for thirty seconds after the interview's over. Um, I just okay. want to end things off on a really awesome note here, because uh, everyone is listening. I mean, I mean, Terry from Scar of the Sun uh inertia comes out may 14th on napalm records if you can i know this is a very simple request everyone is listening you know buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help i mean i still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room i mean i'm still buying them today i think it's very important to have like the actual hard copy in your hands because a lot of work went behind that you know everything's digitized these days but um that's that's my request out there uh and don't forget you can listen to this podcast on every major podcast stream out there uh check us out on inter- interview under Terry Nikas from Scar of the Sun. Uh, thank you so much for the bottom of my heart. This has been a pleasure. Can't wait to do this again in person. Like I said, I sound like a broken record here, but it's these days it's okay to sound like a broken record because how much we desire to, to do that again, right? Um, you stay safe out there in Greece, man. I'll talk to you next time, buddy.
0: For sure, man. Thanks very much.